hi mr atul mera hi i said it's good to have you on board for this so uh, for our investors to have a clear picture on how next financial year going to be and about the current financial year as well and uh, you know, atul mera is a fund manager at uh, motilal ozol and he's handling bop which is the business opportunity pms a few things that i learned about you when i was uh, you know uh, just checking on your profile you are an investor since 13 years you were when we are just beginning our team you were investor since then and you are a cfa holder and it's been a decade that you are holding a cfa degree as well and you be out of 20 years of uh, investing 14 years you have professional uh, experience in investing yes one more interesting thing i learned about you was that you man, uh, you manage the skin in the game but also the soul in the game not yeah. just the skin but also so that was a very different unique thing which i found about you and one more thing i was confused what was that family equity allocation that you mentioned what was that sure so thanks firstly for uh, having me on your interview thank you very much for that uh, so yes yeah, so my journey in investing began in 2001 uh coincidentally it was uh because of an event uh, which was 911 so when 911 happened my dad he used to own some shares and he was keen to sell those shares and uh, so the next day me and my mom we visited the stock broker for the first time and that was my first experience uh, about uh, learning about what stocks are okay that was like when you were 13 years old that's right that's right and uh and generally being curious about uh, how money is made and so on and so forth i was curious about the stock market so i happened to ask my mom uh, what these stocks are about and so on and so forth and uh, that's how it started uh, dmat was very new then we opened up a dmat account shares used to be in physical form so we get got those shares dmatted and uh, and that is the start of the journey coincidentally it was also a time when after 911 stock markets globally bottomed out and sensex at that time was 2500 not nifty sensex at that time was 2500 after 9 so in the next i think 7 years from 2001 to 2008 the sensex was up from 2500 to almost 21000 so coincidentally i would say that it was a time when uh, i think the journey could not have begun at a better time uh, because uh, it was just the low of the market and Uh, and uh, like things were only looking upwards from there for the next 7 uh, years so do you think uh, is it okay to time the market because when you say it's the right time to enter the market or so do you think it's uh, it's good to time the market or is it possible to time the market so uh, so right time is always generally seen in hindsight so like i te- tell you now it was like it's very easy to say now that 2001 was the perfect time but uh, at that point in time there was so much panic uh, and uh, globally markets were selling off so uh, so it's very difficult to uh, time the markets on a forward looking basis in hindsight it is always uh, in terms of easy to uh, to know when the markets were like similarly if you look at the recent times around covid the market sold off 40% in like 3 weeks time right and uh, and most people were panicking on like this was seen as one of the largest uh, in terms of Uh, disasters humanity has ever seen so so there were a lot of questions forget about stock markets like people are having health issues there were questions about what will happen to humanity uh, so 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 many many of these things like in hindsight they look like uh, great uh, opportunities but 
as you live those events it's generally very difficult so yeah. i would not like typically advise time in the meetings that's very true so how mad do you invest your personal money let me start off with that question first so how mad do you invest your personal money Sure. So, so I think that uh, in terms of uh, alignment of interest with clients is very important. So normally, if you look at it uh, in terms of uh, my own money and my family money, all of the money in equity is in the same products as my clients. So, so if you look at it, uh, the way uh, I think about it is uh, like every morning when you wake up, when you are doing your work, uh, it is important that you uh, have hundred percent focus on that work. and uh, not on in terms of your personal investing so having uh, having your interest fully aligned with clients uh, that i think is very important from that regards because uh, you don't have any undue distractions and you're not thinking about your own personal portfolio your personal stocks and so on and so forth uh, which generally come at the cost of uh, in terms of uh, clients in terms of uh, attention and uh, so on and so forth so so i just believe that fully aligned with clients being fully aligned with clients is very important and hence uh, to that extent uh, all the money that i have in equities along with my family money is in the same products and the clients so which means like you have the part of connectivity with the clients that's true that is very much true i think that's a one uniqueness uh, this product has yeah so talking about that about the product so could you just explain about the Q- qglp process Uh, with any uh, examples so that our investors will have a clear idea on it sure so qglp stands for quality growth longevity and price so so these are the four pillars of investing that we typically uh, look at before we identify any particular stock to invest in so what does this mean so quality is quality of business quality of management so we need a business which earns return on capital over cost of capital over a long period of time uh, that also has to be coupled with a good quality manager either the promoter or the ceo of the company they have to be of good quality in terms of uh, ethics in terms of integrity in terms of uh, competence and so on and so forth uh, growth mindset and some of these more qualitative elements second is growth like in equities without growth it is no different than fixed income so growth is a very important element of it, of equities as a uh, asset class third is longevity so so high quality uh, business and high quality growth uh, for one or two years it doesn't make the difference but if you look at it from a longer term perspective that is what makes a lot of difference and fourth is in terms of price so all these three elements of quality growth and longevity uh, those have to be bought at an appropriate price for us to be making a high returns so just to give an example like in the portfolio context like one of the stocks we bought uh, in january 21 Uh, was say safari industries in the portfolio now this is a stock that we bought when it was about 540 rupees uh, we bought about uh, 3 to 4% uh, of the company's equity uh, from cano private equity was exiting uh, and uh, we bought it from them and uh, if you look at it at that point in time the company's market cap was about uh, close to 1200 crores uh, and uh, from like taking you through each of the qglp lens so quality of business it was led by Uh, Mr. Sudhir Jatia, who is a very strong uh, uh, player in the luggage business, he's been in the business for over 30 years, uh, and he's uh, a veteran in the industry. Uh, from a quality of business perspective, if you were to look at it, uh, the business was transforming from being uh, a more uh, outsourced manufacturing to in in-house manufacturing, 
as well as from uh, sourcing from China to sourcing from Bangladesh, and uh, the business was also gaining scale in terms of uh, size and uh, so on and so forth. So that is the quality of uh, business element. Growth-wise, if you look at it, uh, the business, uh, in our opinion, uh, was expected to grow at over thirty percent in the next few years, um, and. Uh, and from a size of opportunity perspective it's a more oligopoly market between the largest players uh, and safari was clearly gaining market share from hardly having any market share to about 17 18% market share uh, at the time that we bought this stock third is in terms of longevity like both these elements around quality and growth we saw that there is a very high longevity to both these elements and finally in terms of price so the market cap that we bought it as was about close to 1200 crore rupees and we expected that uh, this is a business which can do about close to uh, 12 to 1300 crores revenues in three years time. It can do about close to 100 crores profits in three years time and so on and so forth. So uh, already like if you look at it in less than two years, this year the company should end at about uh, close to 1200 crores revenues, about 120 crore profits. So at the price that we bought it at, it was uh, at 1200 crores, there's almost like 11 to 12 times price to earning multiple on a forward looking basis. And consequently, if you look at the output, the results, the stock has been up by about close to four times for us since the time we bought the stock. Um, and from 500, it's almost about 2000 rupees now. And uh, and uh, that is how the journey has been. So if you look at it, all, all the four pillars of QGLP, uh, uh, we thought about it uh, from this perspective. Okay. So when you talk about the QGLP process, um, I just want to have one question. I don't know if you can ask this, but I just want to ask. So, if you're given a choice to pick one, what would you choose? On one hand, you have good business, and on the other hand, you have good business leader. So, you have two in your hands. So, if you could choose one, what would it be? So, uh, I think that's a brilliant question. I've thought a lot about it in terms of uh, which is a more important uh, parameter. And the conclusion that I have uh, come to is basically. Uh, I, I think that it is generally the jockey that matters more, more than the horse because if you have a horse which is uh, of not the right capability, uh, you can always replace the horse. But you can't replace the jockey, especially in an Indian context where most of the businesses are run by promoters. So the promoters own 50% plus of the equity of the company. So it is uh, unlikely that you can replace uh, the jockey in, a, in the in the Indian context. Globally, like a lot of businesses are fairly widely held, and there you can change the management uh, and so on and so forth. But in Indian context, where most businesses are majorly majorly owned by the promoters, uh, in many cases it is impossible to replace the jockey. So, so between the two, I would say that uh, the jockey matters more. Uh, the quality of management matters more than the quality of business. Like even if you look at a classic case of say Berkshire Hathaway globally, uh, it was a terrible uh, business at the time that Warren Buffett had bought the company. Uh, it was a textile company and it was ailing in terms of operations and uh, it was eventually destined to go bankrupt. But it was it was the quality of management of like, Warren Buffett and later Charlie Munger uh, that transformed the business to being uh, this half a trillion dollar company that it is today. Uh, so I think that between the two, uh, quality of management matters about more. So you say bet on the, not to bet on the horse, but bet on the jockey. Yes, very much. That's that's very true. Um, so moving on, 
Do you think it's the right time to invest in Indian equities in the uh, uh, thinking the you know global backdrop that we have today, being the market being very volatile? Do you think it's a good idea to invest in Indian equities? Sure. So, actually, like what I feel is um, as normally like in equities. it is often seen as a one year thinking and two year thinking and it's always like most people want to be better off in equities versus fixed income on a year to year basis but that is typically not how equity works so uh, the way i think about it is uh, in terms of uh, equity it has to be looked at as an allocation and why i say that is the reason why people come to equities is very simple uh, you make 7 8% return in fixed income If you're happy with a fixed deposit at seven eight percent, there is virtually no need for anybody to come to equity. The reason why people come to equity is because they want that higher return. Uh, that seven, like basically, if it's seven eight percent fixed income, you want to make twelve, fifteen, twenty percent return, and that is the reason that you come to equity. Now, uh, the funny thing about equities is that, uh, in terms of in any given year, uh, you'll see that every decade, like you have one event. in terms of global or local because of which the stock markets go down by 40 to 50% and you cannot predict which will be that event like you could not have predicted 911 you could not have predicted covid so so many the many of these events come without notice and your stock portfolio will be down 50% irrespective of uh, the quality of the companies that you bought uh, so hence having a longer term horizon is very important uh, to begin with now uh, just to give more construct clear like you would say that why should i come to equities if if you tell me that for tomorrow like for any given reason the stock market can be down 40 50% um uh, why should i come to this asset class uh, and the reason i would say that is is the is the reason that the key reason being that the power of uh, compounding works magically in the long term so if you look at it uh, if you if you look at a fixed income instrument today and uh, um uh say for example they make 5% return on a post tax basis so given a very long term horizon just talking about it uh from a um from a real long term horizon basis say 50 years you start your career at 25 and 20 or something and then you live on to 70 years or something or so so say from a 50 year horizon if you compound your capital at 5% your money will be up 10x in 50 years time right um uh that is the rate of return that uh basically any fixed income will generate for now the magic part about equities and any other asset class which has the ability to generate higher returns is that at 5% you are say 10x in 50 years at 10 rate of return you are up 100x right and at 15% you are up 1000x and at 20% you are at 10000x now if you look at something like somebody like a uh, warren buffett the reason why he is worshiped all over the world for his investing genius is that he has done this so for 50 years he has generated returns at 20% versus the s&p 500 which delivered returns at uh, 10% which means that if you had invested at the time that berkshire uh, was taken over by warren buffett uh, in s&p uh, you would have made 100x your principal uh, in a 50 year horizon and with buffett you made 10000x so so that is a staggering degree of uh, exponentiality that like higher returns can make over the long term and that is the reason why even if there is 
in a every decade one horizon one year when the markets are around 40 50% even then it's worth being in the market because of this exponential potential so the drawdowns i would say are the cost of this return potential and like somebody who cannot take that drawdown uh, will not be able to see the upside potential uh, that the asset class has in the longer term so hence every now and then like you will see uh, there has never been a time horizon uh, where even in the last many years that you'll open the newspaper and you'll see that today is the best time to buy equities and you'll make a lot of return if you buy equities today so there has never been such a scenario and there will never be such a scenario the world will be a volatile place the world has been a volatile place and you will have all kinds of news flow local local global interest rates geopolitics um, natural disasters human disasters you will have these things all the time but if you have this horizon uh, and and then if you can uh, allocate like if you are say for example able to allocate 30 40 50% of your capital to equities and then you put your 50% in safe asset classes say fixed income or whatever uh, then uh, you are more balanced in your approach so i would say that take that approach look at equity as an asset class and once you look at it that way you will draw commitment towards equities and you will not be bothered by the day to day uh, movements of what the fed is doing what is happening in russia and so on and so forth. So it was a clear cut answer for uh, diversification of funds from an investor's investor's perspective. Yes. Thank you for that. And for, uh, let's move to the last question today. Um, so can you just talk about this uh, BOP PMS and how uh, its performance and how do we construct that? Sure. So, so the way we think about uh, BOP as a product is uh, we look at businesses across market caps across sectors uh, and try to build a portfolio about close to twenty five to thirty stocks. Um, at this point in time, we have about close to 22, 23 stocks in the portfolio, and uh, we pick each of these businesses in the portfolio from this similar QGLP lens. Uh, so at this point in time, if you look at it, the portfolio, uh, the portfolio return on equity is about close to 21%. Uh, we expect earnings growth in the portfolio to be about 20% CAGR in the next three years time. Uh, many of the stocks that we own in the portfolio are of high quality, um, and. Uh, hence high longevity also for many of the names that we own in the portfolio and from a price perspective the portfolio trades at about uh, 16 times current year expected earnings and 10 times three year out expected earnings so from all the four elements of qglp if you look at it the portfolio is uh, constructed uh, well on each of the four pillars um, and uh, so that is the thought process with which we have built the portfolio Uh, the portfolio will have a mix of businesses which are large and where there is an established uh, moat uh, and uh, very strong uh, franchises, and it will have also have a fair bit of mix of mid and small cap businesses, uh, which can be the future uh, large uh, multi baggers in the portfolio construct. And also, I like to add that given that the fund is young in terms of AUM, uh, uh, it has the ability to uh, buy uh, mid and small caps uh, to a meaningful proportion, which. If you look at a typical uh, flexi cap fund, if it is very large size, automatically all the money goes towards the larger names. So we don't have that disadvantage. We have the advantage that uh, being low in terms of AUM, uh, uh, absolute AUM, uh, it has the ability to meaningfully allocate uh, across market caps, um, and um, uh, and hence we see that as an added flexibility. So that is uh, the broad thought process on the portfolio in terms of the recent performance. Like if you look at it, uh, the last 
uh, 12 months let's say the current financial year of fi23 uh, the portfolio in a difficult market environment has uh, outperformed by about close to 6 to 7% on a post fee basis um, so uh, so that has been the more recent performance uh, from a portfolio perspective okay with that we have ended the session so thank you thank you umasatul for having your time for us for the investors uh to have more knowledge about the product as well as about the macros as well as about the financial year so thank you from pms bazaar then so thank you very much akshara and the entire pms bazaar team look forward to having more such interactions in the future thank you thank you